Hello everyone, welcome to Scott and Paul's Rambling Podcast. Hello. Scott and Claire, you're joining us all with my good friend and fellow fan of Impact, Paul Brown. Hello, and Hello. indeed you're right. <laughs> well, I thought it was best to kind of, we've been talking a lot about Impact recently, and I thought, well, I don't have much of a plan this week coming out of SummerSlam. I thought, let's tear ourselves up with our recent loss before before we have to delve into this okay-ish punishment next time. Yeah. Uh, let's, let's, let's round off. Let's finally, for completionist's sake, let's finally finish our impact retrospective so we can move yeah. on to re- retrospectives on other things. Now that I haven't enjoyed our impact retrospective, it's just taken a lot longer to complete than I, I figured it would. <laughs> That's because there's so much of it, Scott. Yes, there's just so much. I mean, uh, again, like I said, it's been around since 2002, so... Yeah. So a lot's kind of happened in 18 years. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because of that saying... But also, before we delve into the actual retrospective, Paul, how are you, yourself? I am fine. I'm suitably refreshed by coffee. Mm. You're, you're looking exuberant and full of life. Oh, I bet I do. I <laughs> bet I do. Because <laughs> how exuberant and full of life can you look with three-in-one packet coffee? Mmm, <laughs> yum. I've, I've been drinking a lot of energy drinks recently. It's not helping my, my sleeping pattern, so I often feel lack of, like I have a lack of energy. But yeah. I, But today I have energy because... I'm happy that we're finally completing. We're at the end of the road. Well, I, I have more energy than my usual self. Your usual self? Yes, I, I, I'm awake. Mm-hmm. So, hurrah for awake. <laughs> so there you go, there's a summary for the podcast. We are awake. Yes. <laughs> not woke. Stop, man. We are awake. Let's, let's not go down that road. <laughs> but no, yeah. no one here is woke. <laughs> I was walking when I when I woke up this morning. I was walking. Come <laughs> sensely <laughs> to do that. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. God, that paddle's shite. I know. <laughs> it's definitely it's the first thing we've recorded today. We've never recorded anything else today. No, no. We're good. We're just constantly tired. Yeah, we yeah we are. What we're constantly tired of is losing, which yeah. we did. As we mentioned last week, next week. I promise will be the episode where we finally do the punishment. But you know what? It's going to be the best damn punishment podcast you've ever heard in your damn life. Yeah, it's going to be great because we're going to be positive. And drunk as hell. Positive and drunk or positively drunk? Both. All of the above. Ah, cool. I shall bring vodka. <laughs> well, you don't have to bring vodka. It's in your house. We always have to record it in your bloody house. You say I don't have to bring vodka, but you know there's a strong possibility I will have to. I was going to say, you say you'll bring vodka, you're the only one who will be drinking the vodka. Though. I know. All <laughs> for me. <laughs> well, that's a good thing for the show or not. We'll, we'll find out. Well, see, we're going to have to tune in and find out. Yeah. But today we're bracing ourselves because we've got this seat I want to complete. We've got other things planned. As we've mentioned, we had some ideas that we talked about yesterday. Paul's got hiccups he has to overcome. Sorry. <laughs> and uh, I want to get back to eventually doing it in your house for. I eventually want to get back to doing that. So, you know. Shake your fist in celebration. Yeah. <laughs> and I hope you are all shaking your fist. Doesn't matter where you are. I don't care if you're on the bus. Shake your fist to help people on the bus will get it. Yeah. Just shake your fist and go, yeah, that's right. <laughs> in your house for. <laughs> anyway. That's what you do. So it's going to be a, a retrospect of this particular episode. It's going to be one of two halves, where we talk about 2017 and all the shit, mm. and we talk about 2018. And Thanks for that, Jeff. 
And you're talking, about, you're talking about 2018 and the the rise and the rebirth, like a phoenix from the ashes almost, yes. of Impact Wrestling. But uh, one or two things I mentioned last time uh, when we left off. We left off end of 2016, come into 2017 where Jeff Jarrett was rehired and TNA is officially no more, it is officially just Impact Wrestling. Yes. But one thing I was going to mention, we did talk about Billy Corgan and his time the company seemed like a guy who really wanted to... Uh, Help impact. He yeah, wanted he really to do it. Did. He really did. He had all these ideas. He, he created <coughs> the DCC faction, which was Bram, Eddie Kingston, and James Storm in his weird masks. Mm. And a, a storyline which originally was the payoff was going to be eventually James Storm getting another world title run. But then you know, he left. Mm. Sorry, uh, Corgan left during the storyline, and then obviously they gave up on the storyline. So. And one of other his main creations that he's mainly created for is introducing the the Grand Championship. The Grand Championship. We had the Impact Grand Championship where the King of the Mountain title was finally dissolved. It was gone. It's mm. no more. Finito. Uh, Finito. And now the Impact Grand Championship came in. And uh, I'll say, I'll, I won't say convoluted rules. I'll say the rules of the title took a lot of getting used to. Ah. Basically, it was a championship that contended in three rounds of like five minute length, and we had judges on the outside who would who would award points to each wrestler. Like at any point during the three rounds, one of the wrestlers could pin the other. Yeah. And get the win, but the reason for the judges' points was in case it went the full three rounds and there was no one there. Therefore, it would end in judges' decision. Yeah, I'd seen I'd seen that in one of the you know on Impact they do a flashback mm-hmm. match. Yeah. A match between EC3 and Lashley. Mm-hmm. So the grand title. title. I think eventually they gave up on the rules towards the very end of that title's existence. Mm. And it was just like I regular matches. A little, a little... I think it was more... Bringing, over. I think it was bringing influences from like MMA style with the round system and trying to inject a little bit of realism Until potentially. Sure, yeah. Because I'll say that it would, the fights could end at any time but then again... If, it, if it need be the other judges and also if you're the heel challenging for it it's a great way to get in and try and beg for another a rematch he's like oh no I had it and the judges screwed me over I yeah. should I should get a shot if you're a heel challenging it's like I was screwed out of them by biased judges or shit like that yeah and it's a weird uh, list of champions like your first ever champion was Aaron Rex formerly Damien Sandow yeah but their champion he lost it to I believe Moose Moose I think he's the only two time champion he lost it to Moose Lost it to Drew Galloway, mm-hmm. who then lost it back to Moose, who then lost it to EC3. Mm-hmm. And I've mentioned before, and a uh, little history one of EC3's last main feuds was when he was grand champion against Moose, which has helped to tie into the issues they have now. Yeah. With the whole EC3 targeting Moose and trying to come after the TNA World Championship. Uh, the thing with Drew winning it was I think he was maybe, there's a chance he was meant to win it, but the original tournament final to. Uh, the first ever grand champion was meant to be Aaron Rex versus Drew. Yeah. And this is during the time I mentioned before Drew and Drew's retrospective episode we did, where Drew had that injury where he landed on his head and it looked like he was kind of, his career was over. Yeah. But then he managed to magically like find a way that would get him to recover even quicker than ever anyone ever thought. But a few weeks before, after that injury happened was bound for glory, so Drew wasn't medically clear that he had to be taken out of that match. Yeah. And so... Uh, Eddie Edwards kind of stepped in his place mm. and lost to uh, Aaron Stevens. Mm. So for Drew to go and eventually did win the um, the grand title, he uh, 
was kind of a bit of redemption for him and that I was taken out wrongly if I'd been in that tournament final I'd have won that title yeah <laughs> so like good, good on Billy Corgan in a, in a sense for trying to be different cause trying like, to be innovative yeah because the, the six eight ring I don't know if we mentioned it was eventually brought back to Impact I think it was in 2014 it was brought back but it was, they had the six eight ring again they're trying all these new ideas but eventually Anthem as I mentioned in the last episode came in and then the issues with the t- handover to Anthem led to some really bad contract negotiations which led to the Hardys leaving yeah. led to Drew leaving a good couple of uh, people leaving and uh, Anthem were not, did not initially present themselves as a, as good folk even though they still own the company now and people are a lot more favourable yeah because like, they're the ones who now own Access, which is where Impact is now regularly airing, mm-hmm. so they are a big like company and some sports, uh, and sports and entertainment. But then I mentioned uh, Double J is rehired to the company as a creative consultant, as uh, he comes in after Dixie Carter is officially now gone. She's given yeah, she's got a, little, a teeny little percentage of interest of, of interest in the company, but that does not mean they control and say like eighty odd percent. I think of the company. Was now owned by yeah, Anthem. That means in a board meeting she can raise her hand and be ignored. That means in a board meeting, say, Dixie, we could all we could all we all fancy a tea. Go make the tea for us, Dixie. We'll talk about how we can fix the company that you fucked up. Yeah, basically. And so it's it's impact. And I can just clarify that is no basis on that is nothing sexist or anything. That is just simply the fact that she sucked as uh, a businesswoman. She was not. She knew nothing about wrestling. No. She did not know how to run a wrestling company. So basically the idea of us like, we're all going to sort how how you fix the company, fix your mess. You go make us tea. That's something you can't fuck up. Yeah, no one can fuck up tea. Well, it takes an extraordinary amount of fuck uppery. That's not a word, but I made it up. Yeah, you did. Fuck, it, fuck uppery. It sounded like it could be a real word. It takes an extreme amount of fuck uppery. Uppery. For, for, uh, for someone to fuck up tea in an extraordinary way. You can make a weak cavity by not leaving it in properly, but... Yeah. And you know, the word fuck uppery mm-hmm. has the word cup in it. <laughs> yeah. Fuck uppery. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway... We're getting silly now. Dick Dixie's out. Jeff Jarrett comes in. At the point, this company is Impact Wrestling. And Jeff Jarrett suddenly decides, you know what, maybe it's, this is the opportunity to give GFW another go. So what happens? Karen Jarrett comes on TV, officially announces... The merger of GFW and Impact Wrestling. So then the company officially then becomes Impact technically officially becomes GFW where now Impact Wrestling is the name of the weekly TV and GFW is the name of the company so it's GFW Impact. Yeah. And around this time we had like a bunch of extra champions that nobody really knew or cared about like you had Magnus come back as the Global Force champion. Yeah. Basically it was a case of then they started the process of kind of unifying the titles where basically they unified the women's, the, the tag belts, and then eventually the two world belts. And then, what was weird is Cody was under contract in 20, early 2017, but shortly before this murder happened, he officially left Impact. Yeah. But he was technically at a Global Force champion. He held their, their mid-car belt, the Global Force next-gen title. Uh-huh. But then he never was part of the thing, so like I, was, I assumed that then that would come in. He would come in, he'd maybe have a match with like whoever the X-Division champion was or something yeah. like that but just Cody just wasn't a part of anything that table just got quietly deactivated good thing yeah and I think Cody got out quite wisely when he did get out when the getting's good get out when the getting's good go to Japan make your name and now you're ahead of your own company now yes. 
you're, you're, you're better off now, mate. You're What's happening off. then? Back, Jeff's making the decisions. Oh fuck, no! Oh no, no, no! Run, run to Japan and don't look back. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll, I'll be back. I'm, I swear, I'll be back. I'll go to this one flight, Japan. I'm, yeah. not, I'm never going fucking back there. Hanging out the window. Bye, Jeff. I will never go back. You cannot make me no. <laughs> but anyway, so we have this big unification thing. Uh, Nick Aldis, who's also Magnus. I actually said in an interview my brother did with him for USSR. Yeah. He talked about how the only reason he ever went back to Impact to do the whole thing where he would drop the the global the global force global heavyweight title was basically a favourite of Jeff Jarrett. It was it a loyalty thing? He had no interest in being part of Impact at that time. Yeah. And you can probably you can't blame him for that. Oh no, no, no. And also in terms of like the TNA heavyweight title, at the moment the main event scene is dominated by one person. And that is Bobby Lashley. Yeah. Who in twenty sixteen went on a tear, winning unif- winning both the X Division and World Titles in a match with Eddie Edwards and then challenging James Storm for the King of the Mountain belt. Uh, and then winning that as well. Mm. So he held three belts at once. There's a good image of him holding two belts over his shoulder, but then the referee holding the third belt or being see he can just see it above his head. And then the next week he kinda of threw down the X Division belt and threw down the King of the Mountain belt, basically like yeah, but all that matters is this world belt. I just won these because I can, because I'm Bobby Lashley and no one yeah. can stop me. And uh, basically after that, that was the official end of the King of the Mountain belt, in comes the Grand belt. And obviously kind of a, oh yeah, the X Division, that's a big part of our company. And uh, Bobby Lashley says, ah, fuck this belt. <laughs> uh, so Bobby Lashley's the champion, and then who comes in in his first ever episode and wins the belt? Fucking... Alberto Del Rio or Alberto El Patron. Alberto El Patron. Well, no, he won the he won the title, but then officially, then immediately had to give it back because of a screwy finish. Yeah. But then he went on to beat Magnus for the global title. Yeah. So then the twenty seventeen Slammiversary, the main event was Blashley versus Del uh, El Patron yeah. for a for, to unify both championships. So at the end of the Slammiversary. Uh, Sienna, now Alison K. The NWA was the unified knockouts and uh, women's champion, I believe. I think she yeah. beat Rosemary for that. Uh, LAX held both unified the tag belts. Uh, this is where I think the new LAX debuted as Heagles with Conan as their manager. Yeah. Now uh, Santana and Ortiz now again in AEW. Uh, and for a while, LAX were basically the tag team. They were holding up the division for a lot of 2017. And then 2018. They were kind of like the North at that time. Yeah. Later on, the 2017 OVE will come in, and the big main thing, the whole the main feud for the title is OVE versus LAX before the Lucha Brothers come in and they, they get more proper teams. But for a while, it was just really LAX and that. Yeah. And then uh, the El Patron beats Lashley for the global, for the Impact title. So now he holds both belts. And actually, for a couple of weeks, he was going around. With both belts, but I think the plan was just to have the the global force belt as the actual yeah. main belt. And I actually just put in my notes here. This is just to sum up uh, him at the time. Del Rio is a cunt. <laughs> this is what this is the notes I made here. Del Rio is a cunt because around the same time he was uh, in a relationship with Paige. Was he? Yes. Huh. And Paige was out. Uh, with a, for a long time, if you remember, with injuries and yeah, stuff like that, yeah. and then the movie was being made about her life. And, like, so he was with Paige, and they were constantly putting up these weird, there were these Periscope videos going around of them going around, walking around, and him being mostly pissed off his head. 
and basically shitting on WWE and her trying to kind of calm him down. Yeah. I'm talking about, yeah, that big nose fucker from that PG company you're yelling about. Yeah, about Triple H. Yeah, Triple H and stuff like that. And uh, she was apparently seen at indie shows with him and like, there's one where someone points out Paige at an impact haven, but she's wearing a mask so she won't be recognised. Yeah. So he doesn't get into WWE. But I think apparently WWE couldn't fire her at the time for being with him and be going to these shows while under contract because, well, one, she was injured and that would make them look shitty. Mm-hmm. She was recovering from neck surgery. And then also The Rock was making the movie about her. Yeah. So they were kind of in a position where, like, oh, we don't approve. We can't let you go. We yeah. can't fire you. And then also all the all the elites happened and also they felt bad for her and that was a horrible situation for her to go through. But like around the time that he wins both belts, uh, an incident a recording from the two and having a big argument at an airport yeah. surfaces and she's screaming and bald just like, Leave me alone. Mm. They just it's just want anything to do with him and then there were members of Peter's family coming out and they were concerned about her. And mm. they were comparing her the situation she's had with people like like, was he abusing her or something? I think there were allegations around yeah. it. And then, at the time, people were already arguing about, like, Alberto shouldn't be on TV, he shouldn't be, like... So they suspended him as champion. But, like, they, they'd already did a big, like, bulk taping. And this is around the time where they were taping mo- weeks, even months ahead yeah. of time. Yeah. So they did a big bulk taping after Slammiversary, where the main story on TV for the next week was LAX trying to recruit Del Rio. Mm-hmm. So we'll, we'll go. We'll float from El Patron to Del Rio several times here. By the way, it's just it's just he's, it's force of habit. He's equally as much of a cunt and either under either name. <laughs> but like basically, they, Alberto Del Cunt. They taped so much. His thing has been such a prominent feature on the TV that apparently, while suspended, they couldn't edit out or edit around his appearances on TV. Yeah. So he had to be prominently featured while still having these allegations ahead on him. <laughs> so that must, was, that must have been a hell of a situation for the company to be in as well. Mm-hmm. Also, weirdly, Bruce Pritchard and Jim Cornette had really brief backstage runs as part of like, creative people, and then quickly both left again. And like, and I think it was a weird thing where they're both told like they weren't really. They both like mentioned to uh, Impact. Oh, we both they both had the like really successful podcasts. Like this is around the time where that Bruce Pritchard's podcast says something to wrestle was really gaining traction. Yeah, and Cornette's always got a different podcast where he's spouting these bullshit opinions. People are. People, he's got these arseholes on Twitter grass and I'm like, look at this overly fluffy match, look at this gimmicky match, oh, I bet you hate this, Jim. Have yeah. a rant on this. You oh, I, I just see he lost a lawsuit there, so. Did he? Yeah. Against who? Against an indie wrestler who had a uh, Kill Jim Cornette t-shirt or something, because Jim Cornette was ripping the piss about uh, deathmatch wrestling mm-hmm. and saying something negative towards it. Uh, I think he said he should, he should let the guy bleed to death you know, he said he should let a, a deathmatch wrestler bleed to death because he has no respect for deathmatch wrestler or something, you know. And the guy went and took it upon himself to make a parody t-shirt saying fucking kill Jim Cornette or something. Cornette tried to take a lawsuit up against it and the guy won. Well, they got Wendy wrestler won. Yeah, Wendy wrestler oh, won. Well, and rightfully he should have because like, you're the one who's saying the guy should bleed to death and now he's... So now he's basically firing him back at you. Yeah, and the court apparently said, look, it's just parody. Mm-hmm. Nobody's going to take it seriously. Mm-hmm. You know, have a bit of a fucking joke, Jim. I know. Well, but like, Jim Cornette, he, he ain't too capable of having a joke. No, he, I don't know I don't know if he really has the same definition of what a joke is to the rest of society. Well, whatever he deems a joke is usually offensive and wrong. 
Yeah, as his, his quick exit from the NWA proved. Yeah. What was it we got him packed to learn? I think he made a joke about... Like, hungry Africans or something. Aye, Ethiopia and that. And he goes, oh no, it was a starvation joke. It wasn't a racist joke or something like that. And I'm like... That's not that's not a defence. Like, yeah. like, you can't defend your hateful comment with another hateful comment. Be like, oh, I made that joke back in the 80s, or I made that back in the 90s, I think he said as well. I'm like, yes, it was probably offensive then, we just didn't realise it yet. Yeah. <laughs> like, yes, a lot of people used racial slurs back then, and we didn't, and they, but we realise, but we don't now. Yeah, we have, we have managed to evolve a little. Yeah, and the issue, I think the issue we're in that situation was, as we talked about at the time, is that issue was that was on like the seventh episode of a big taping that, that came out on so that was taped quite a bit ahead of time <laughs> yeah. and no fucker thought to listen back to it and think maybe we should edit around that yeah maybe we should maybe we should save jim for yourself yeah because like really it was a it was a shit joke he was trying to make about how to correlate how tough trevor murdoch was yeah. and honestly it wasn't it wasn't it didn't even land even if it was meant to be funny so <laughs> even if you cut it out we'd have been better off not hearing it and plus nobody's real life would have been impacted as much unlike Jim Cornette's whose impact life was impacted by getting fired. Yeah, but Cornette is a liability. But he is. We will we will move on quickly from the liability. But like the issue was like they both had podcasts I think they both came in and said that like they both mentioned the impact they that they had big like successful podcasts that were getting yeah. a lot of listens and talked about promoting impact on the show. And apparently there wasn't much insistence from GFW slash impact's part about it and like yeah we get thousands of listens and you're not encouraging these guys like member plug like impact because we yeah. desperately need fucking publicity here we need the help and in fact Jim Cornette's debut appearance on screen for GFW was showing up to fire Bruce Pritchard as an on TV <laughs> character which is <laughs> weird so what happened was eventually uh, Del Rio got fired well not fired but he got suspended but he got stripped of the belts yeah got stripped of the belt and eventually it was just a GFW belt so they had a, a gauntlet match to determine the, the new champion and Eli Drake eventually won it right I think it was about time but it was a, a really bad time in the company for him to be the yeah. champion so he got kind of a, a wrong end of the stick I think maybe it's the best race to use but I remember he came out he was he was told oh yeah you're entering number one even that's kind of a punishment for being an arsehole or like that. Yeah. So then he goes to Jim Cornette and goes, I demand a different number. I demand like not to be number one. And then Jim Cornette goes, okay, you're not giving me number one. Great, what's my new number? You're number two. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it was him and Eddie Edwards that started it and then they ended up being the last two yeah. at the end. So, and then Eli eventually won it. He had uh, Chris Adonis, formerly Chris Masters, as his, uh, uh-huh. as his backup, as his, his heavy. Yeah. <laughs> Chris Adonis. Chris Adonis. But the uh, impact it felt like in twenty seventeen, every other week or something like that, there was a new GFW fuck up. Yeah. Or like, oh, can you believe this stupid thing they done now? And I'll I'll run down some of my favourites. Oh, go on, let's hear it. Then. The uh, the GFW official Twitter handle at GFW Wrestling. When W when the W in GFW stands for wrestling, so it's at Global Force Wrestling Wrestling. Can, can you not hire someone? That's a base amount of stupidity. That's yeah. a new level. Uh, like you're not able to hire someone who has the basic knowledge of what Global initials mean. Wrestling, wrestling. Like you, whoever's running your social media, doesn't even grasp the concept of what initials are. <laughs> you fucking idiots! You had uh, the master tapes being almost deleted of the original Global Force 
anthem like tapings. Yeah. The global force like amp tapings from back in the day. So then they re- so all this weird like pay per views or like on like the global wrestling network, the predecessor to uh, Impact Plus. Yeah. They released a big couple and parts, couple some compilations of those old tapings because otherwise no one else would see them. But they re-recorded new commentary. So Bobby Roode is on those tapings. By this point, is in NXT. Yeah. And they re-recorded a new audio to make it seem like Bobby Roode had left NXT to come to GFW. They made it, even though everyone knew for the fact that Bobby Roode was in NXT at so, the time. So, oh, they re-recorded audio to make it viable seem like, audio to make it seem stupider. I think they re- I think they re-recorded the audio because obviously these have been taped a few years ago and obviously never been seen before because they'd failed to get an actual TV deal before doing these could, tapings. But you could have still found a way to make it exciting and not make it stupid. And yeah, so they tried to imply that Bobby Roode had left WWE to come to GFW. Right, because that was some, that's something they would have done. I know. That's not a smart business decision no. on Bobby Roode's part. Maybe leaving WWE now to come to Impact. Yeah, now he probably, after when he was on the main roster, he wishes he came back. But when he was in NXT, he was doing just fine. Yeah, he was glorious. He was he was very glorious. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. Oh, yes. We have the also infamously Jeff Jarrett uh, having problems with alcoholism. That's always a fun topic. Yeah. To the point where he came, he showed up representing GFW at Triple Mania in Mexico. Came out clearly looking a bit intoxicated, yeah. throwing tackles into the crowd, and basically was sent home on a leave of absence. And then we talk about the lawsuit that's still going on today, where basically he was basically ousted from GFW by Anthem, but Anthem before sending him away did not did not fully get the, by the name GFW from him. Yeah. So they were now running GFW Impact with a company called GFW when they didn't have any rights to use the name when the guy they just let go uh, owns the name still. Yeah. So then so then GFW is now officially no more GFW. It's back to Impact Wrestling again. Yes, it is. Which for a long time was the running joke was TNA, Impact, Global Force, whatever they're called this week. That was the running joke because obviously they, they had went through three or four name changes yeah. in the space of a few months. Uh, which is why I think some people still call them TNA because they're still in that mindset of like the name changes and shit like that. But you see, that, that ultimately is the current problem. Yeah. People that are still in that mindset don't have, don't take the time to actually view the product and then as it is. Something that also has a big black mark on, uh, on Eli Drake's title reign. They gave him the... They still had the Global Force belts and right over the big GFW, they yeah. made a massive sticker almost. You can basically imagine we silver plate it just says impact over this the big plate but as somebody rightly pointed out you check the side close up on the side plates of the belt still says gfw yeah yeah (laughs) for fuck's sake again it was a new level of stupidity most companies can cobble together a a, a, you know an individual belt Mm -hmm. you know then they had they had they started doing more tapings outside all of uh, the US, they started going to Canada a lot more. They hosted Ben Vergoy in Canada that year, I'm pretty sure. Mm. They're technically listed as a Canadian company, I think at least they were for a while. Because like, Scott Damore and Don Callis are both Canadian and stuff like that, even though I think they've still got a headquarters in Nashville somewhere. Yeah. But they were doing tapings, they did some tapings in India, and were in, at those tapings, Sanjay Dutt, for the first time in his career, despite being part of uh, TNA and Impact for so long, 
finally won the X Division Championship for the first time. Yeah. So at least that was one that was one of their few good positive moments of publicity at that time. Yeah, that happened. Uh, the uh, the impact sorry, the Bound for Glory in, in Canada it's kind of a mixed affair in that it's looks it's much bigger arena than it looks on TV, but clearly they were only had a certain amount of crew. There's a picture of the merit stand from that Bound for Glory. One table. One slow little table with a few shirts on it. Mm. The saddest little table you've ever seen. The only thing that could have made it sadder if the, the proprietor was Lonely Virgil. I was going to say, a Lonely Virgil too. They might as well have had a little Vir- Lonely Virgil sitting at his table right beside that table. <laughs> they may as well have. They had sitting a, there a little smell going, I've got a chance of someone recognising me now. <laughs> they had uh, an issue, a match they actually advertised for that bout for was our, a red wedding match. Between Rosemary and Taya Valkyrie, who made her debut shortly before Bound for Glory. Right. But Taya Valkyrie had a visa issue, so the match had to be cancelled. Oh, good God. So the match was cancelled. And then, you know, the biggest issue was they didn't even give Rosemary a replacement. They just left Rosemary off the card altogether. Jesus. The match was advertised. No match. No match oh. whatsoever. No, expl- no explanation during the pay per view. I, I, the- I can't really remember if there was, but I know. That was the issue. That was the reason yeah. given that it was uh, a visa issue, I think, on Taya Valkyrie's part. So That's she could. Yeah, uh, and then at before going, Gil Kim returned and actually won the the title from I think Sienna, and then retired shortly after. Although she would come back once or twice. I think she had like a program with Tessa Blanchard for a bit and stuff like that. Yeah, I think Hurricane Hills even called her out. Called out this moment of her winning the title. Like, wait, so you're giving this woman who's retiring the title? And then immediately vacating it rather than putting someone over mm. and basically kind of calling the company out for it. And people were actually jumping on him and giving him shit for it, saying, Oh, how dare you disrespect Gail Kim? And like, I'm not disrespecting Gail Kim. simply pointing a simple fact out. And when you think about it, Gail Kim, I think if she's a woman who's been around for so long, she should maybe have said something to impact about maybe I shouldn't, well, maybe I should put Sienna over, maybe I should put someone else over, yeah. like a baby face or something like that. And then what's funny is, uh, she wins the title, the title's vacated, and then at the next taping, Laurel Van Ness, now Chelsea Green and WWE, and uh, the uh, the fiancé of Zack Ryder, yeah. wins the title, and just, apparently that was a desperate move, putting, giving her the title, because then around that same time she asked, can I get my release please? <laughs> so then, they put her, so like she officially leaves while on TV, still technically being the champion, but they'd also pre-taped a lot ahead of time. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Del Rio came back at Bound for Glory and yeah. cut just a long rambling, rambling promo, <laughs> bitching and moaning about how he'd been treated by the company and yelling at them for abandoning him and not calling him mm. and shit like that. And then he got involved in the main event where Johnny Impact lost to... Uh, actually, I think, no, I think it actually was Johnny Impact in it and Eli Drake, not Eddie Edwards, that did the thing that got on the the first two and then were the mm. last two as well. And then that led to this match here. Oh, a funny storyline is written this time is uh, Grado's Grado the Grado's visa storyline. Yeah. Yeah, where Grado needed to stay in the US. And to stay in the US, he needed to get a new visa. So Joseph Park tries to help him, <laughs> and then Joseph Park says, "Hey, what if you married someone, someone who's American, married someone in Ocket Road, and then he gets in." He go, he gets engaged to Laura Van Ness, right? Who's doing this whole psycho bride gimmick because she got 
dumped by Braxton Sutter, who left her for Ali because then really Braxton and Ali were a couple. Yeah. And then so like they say, then then suddenly when they rev- when they're making plans, they suddenly discover actually Laurel's Canadian, so this is, won't work. So not only does he have to she had to get dumped again, but then now Guido's in no better off than he was before. Yeah. So then Guido then gets a job working for for Joseph Park's law firm. Ah. We don't even talk a lot about Joseph Park the whole split personality the kind of uh, Clark Kent to the Abyss Superman kind of thing yeah and it just kind of because for years show of like seeing Abyss under the mask when he debuted as Joseph Park I didn't realise it was the same guy <laughs> I think he'd be forgiven for not knowing no you would be mm-hmm. he's all home or mild married and for a while you'd be set off because people beat him up and then he sees his own blood and then it just goes mental <laughs> like he gets a thing he gets a job at uh, Joseph's law firm and then say, oh, he's on a work visa, he can stay in the country. But then uh, a lot of the money that's meant to be going to Guido, Joseph Park, spending and keeping for himself, mm. so then he has an issue with that. So then they have a match where Guido will uh, will get his visa and if he wins the match. But then Joseph Park announces right before going for glory, oh yeah, it's not going to be against me. You're going to be in a monster ball match against Abyss <laughs> and actually Greedo on wrestling his podcast wrestling after it's like called that monster ball match probably one of the worst matches of his career yeah mm-hmm. was that on Abyss's part or his part I think or it was, was both I think it was a, a shared thing yeah he said like they had some ideas that just didn't work it's been ages since I listened to it but I do remember him talk, not talking about this monster's ball match very favourably nah. and then he, he lost I believe as well god I'll never, let's say, I've never seen Grado on Impact at one time. Mm-hmm. He's having a match with Al Snow. Al Snow, yeah. And he, he beat him with a rolling slice. <laughs> you know, so that was pretty cool. I don't think Grado, I think Grado found a way to stay in the company, but then I don't think he would be long for Impact during that time. But yeah. I just he, he just wasn't a fit, I don't think, for an Impact. I don't think they really got what Grado was meant to be. Uh, it what? felt like at first when he did the angle of Snow that they got it, but then over time they realised, like, yeah, they don't, like the big happy-go-lucky Scottish guy that comes down to the ring but with Madonna music. Aye, but even then they couldn't get Madonna's music because they couldn't get the rights to it. Ah, that's so, a Then, now, if you're a, a major company, Paul, and like you want to, you do, your, what you do is you tape ahead of the time, you do your bulk of like, yeah. episodes taped, and you say, oh, we're going to stay in Canada and, then, and we're going to do a couple of nights of tapings uh, after the pay-per-view, so... We can stay in Canada because the Canadian crowd are a good crowd. They still work in a hot for impact. Yeah. That's probably why they went outside the US so often. Kind of like how the WWE used to do back in the, like the struggle when they were struggling in the mid to late nineties. Like they were like in ninety seven, they spent so much time overseas. Yeah, for business was still was still profitable. So you said we're going to do a couple of nights of tapings. How many nights of tapings after your your biggest show of the year do you think is an acceptable number? Uh... How many nights? How many nights of tapings after you've just done the biggest like pay-per-view of the year for your company? I, I don't want to say like a dumbass number here, but maybe five. Is that... They did five nights of tapings after. Like, like, yeah, one or two nights, yeah. Because especially how far ahead they tape. They taped... They did five nights of taping. So I was comp- I was right, then. Yeah, you were right. I didn't think you'd go... Because like, like, usually you think, yeah, one or two nights of taping, that's fine. Because, like, NXT... Oh. You... I, feel, I feel worse that that's a stupid thing and the fact that I got it completely right. Like, I, I thought you'd... I, thought, I didn't think you'd go... I didn't really think you'd say five, but, like, 
NXT, for example, NXT UK would do like a tape and like sometimes mm-hmm. in Blackpool or in Wales where they did their take their takeover. The next day they tape they do one night a one night team where they tape three or four episodes and then their other teams are just like two nights, mm-hmm. three episodes across each night. Like but not five who's gonna go to Bound for Glory and then say, I'm gonna buy tickets for five nights worth of taping. See, I think I'm thinking five because I'm I'm currently thinking with COVID mind, you know what I mean? Yeah, I'm talking about like a generally how, oh, how many how many how many nights of tapings? Oh, two could, or three. Could you sub, could you subset a crowd to and given how long a tape, an average taping can go for him back at that time? Just, like, apparently, there's like a famous story I think where they were struggling to get crowds in like the impact zone, and apparently I think this is when they're still in Orlando, we're in about 2017. Uh, yeah. A group of tourists kind of wandered into the impact zone, not really knowing what it was, was, but they sat down and watched the show. But in the section they were on in the hard cam, apparently, it made the section look more full than it had. So. Impact kind of positions around the order of matches through taping, yeah. So they could take one of their main events for one of the upcoming episodes in front of that crowd to look more full. And apparently, that I mean, event's happening, and midway through it, the tourists get up and leave because <laughs> I think they soon realize that, yeah, this is a, we're not actually into wrestling, it's not, not for us. So they get up and leave during this main event. <laughs> I'm pretty sure most of them were on the hard cam, yeah. Again, at this time, it felt like a new level of stupidity, like nothing. Could go their way. Yeah, Impact was in free fall at this point. Although there were some notable debuts, when the same obviously Ty Valkyrie debuting yeah. at uh, at Bound for Glory during the OVE LAX match. Sammy Callahan made his debut. Yeah, and like he he would prove to be a very important signing. Yeah, he would for Impact Wrestling. He would form the the group with OVE, OVE with they two. They even had a a barbed wire massacre match against. Uh, Homicide in LAX, which was so violent, they moved it to Twitch and not TV. Damn. Yeah, which, well, they said it was because it would be so violent. It is quite a brutal yeah. match. I recommend checking out if you haven't already. I'll need, I'll need to look that up. Oh, I'll, I'll try. I'll maybe I'll send you a link to it. I'll find, oh, try and find it. Anyway, he, so he's an important kind of signing around that time. Yeah, we will hang around for a bit. But then uh, it's announced we're about end of 2017, end of 2018. Don Callis and Scott Demore coming over. They're going to be the main creative minds behind it. Yeah. And it wasn't really seen as too big a news from some people because, like, Scott Demore, I just I think a lot of people remembered him as, well, I'm, this is from my favorite, but like Scott Demore, I think, oh, yeah, the, the Team Canada guy. <laughs> and Don Callis, I remembered him, oh, yeah, he's a commentator. He was the jackal and that. Like, yeah. I didn't think of them as a, I didn't really know what they what he, they, what he they led brought. the Truth Commission. I didn't know what they brought. In regards to like creative, obviously it shows how little I knew. Yeah. Because then at the one of the first tapings that they were a part of, they had you had the six sided ring disappeared again. It was back to the four sides as it was. And at the first yeah, and the first tapings, Austin Aries made his return and in a quick match on his on his return, he beat Eli Drake for the title. Yeah. And then went on in this run be calling himself the the belt collector, <laughs> where he basically won a shitload of titles while also carrying around the impact belt, and basically he carried all the belts that he'd win, no matter what place he went. Yeah. So at one point he had the uh, Defiant Wrestling tail, the IPWK tail. He had a tail called the from a promotion in Australia called the World Series Wrestling. Yeah. Tail. He then added I think the Defy title, and then he won the Impact belt, and then at one point he also won and become the last ever Impact Grand Champion. Yeah. And so he carried around one point six belts at once. Jesus. He's going pure very much ultimate dragon like Yeah. At that time. 
because he was still fairly afresh once again on the Indies because he just left WWE yeah. after the feud with Neville and being part of the Cruiserweight division and everything like that. And he seemed to be good for Impact at the time. Uh, we'll talk about how he won the grand title. Josh Matthews. <laughs> you know about how I wanted to make a comparison to him before, but I'm kind of being like almost presented as almost a Michael Cole like of a uh, of Impact when yeah. he come to. Well, at one point they decided, you know what was successful? Heal Michael Cole in WWE. Let's make Josh Matthews a heel commentator, <laughs> and let's randomly have him bicker and feud with a uh, Jeremy Borash for reasons. Yeah. And then they'd had a match where it was uh, Joseph Park teaming with Jeremy Borash, and he turned into a best mid-match thanks to help from James Mitchell yeah. against Josh Matthews and his tag team partner, Scott Steiner. Wow. That was a match at Slammiversary 2017. And just they'd have a feud, they'd have a match, and then they'd keep bickering, and then they'd have another match. But, like, Jeez. well, they like selected teams and stuff like that. They just seemed to have a feud that would never end, those two. <laughs> and eventually... Joyce Matthews randomly revealed as the mystery spiritual advisor that had been guiding uh, Matt Seidel <laughs> randomly. And he and I don't know why you'd ever take life advice from Joyce Matthews. No. Then, then around that time, uh, Matt Seidel won the Matt Seidel won the exhibition title and then he beat EC3 for the grand title. EC3 yeah. left. This is around the time the, the rules of the grand title kind of were dropped. And then, well, even though uh, Matt Seidel was credited as being grand champion yeah. he gifted the grand championship belt to Josh Matthews so Josh Matthews was going around calling himself the grand champion <sighs> and then they had a match I think it was a handicap match uh, Matthews and uh, Seidel versus uh, versus Austin Aries, Austin Aries won the grand title Yeah, and then eventually at one point Austin Aries lost the world belt but won it back and shortly after he won the belt for the second time, the grand title would basically be basically unified with the world belt, and then we'd never seen the grand title again. And that's a good thing. It's kind of a good thing, yeah. At that time, I've said at that time a lot to do. You have quite a, quite a few times. I can't stop it. It's like a weird tick I have. I don't know, I'm I'm looking up at an image right now of what Austinaries look like with all the belts. I thought you were going to look up an image of Josh Matthews in wrestling gear. I've seen that. He look. He looks like. Ah, uh, do you know what it looked like? Hmm. See if the Hardy Boys had had a spike. <laughs> you know how the Dudleys had spiked Dudley? If the Hardys had, like, a spike Hardy. That's what Josh Matthews reminded me of. This Only, is... you know, with, with none of the talent of Spike You're Dudley. Covering up the microphone. There we go. Well, that's, that's some funky shit, that. Mm-hmm. I like that. What's that white one? That's the Defiant title, I. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I look, I think it looks like if like the big gold belt was given a white strap. I think. Yeah, yeah. That's really cool. That. Mm-hmm. See this version, that version of the world belt he's got in there, the one that now was then changed like silver and red, now gold red again. Yeah. That was think debuted at the Redemption pay per view in April twenty eighteen. I would say because mm-hmm. that's when they did a big overhaul all the belts, where they finally got rid of the. They still had the GFW belts, but were called Empire belts at the time, and they basically did a re-overhaul of what the belts now look like now, yeah. and that's where all those current designs, basically a refresh like, of the titles. Because up, the GFW shirt, like, this is like, Impact shirt. Up until this point, he'd been holding the belts, but then holding the, the GFW belt, yeah. of, but then he got the new Impact World title around that time. There you go, I'm saying it again. <laughs> I love 
mean? At their time. Okay, I should, I should stop saying at that time because I'm pretty sure it's a phrase that Vince Russell says a lot in his interviews. So What's that? I, I, the, at their time. Say it again. At their time, bro. Uh, I'm, I'm saying it purposefully now. I know. I'm like, just being irritating. But I don't. I want. I do not want in any way to be associated with bloody Vince Russell. No, that time anyway. <laughs> and uh, uh, so this is where we can kind of talk about the good. All the good, we're going Yay. through. We've crawled through this pile of shit that is GFW. We've crawled. We've crawled through the sludgy mire of Jeff Jarrett's incompetence mm-hmm. and Dixie Carter's woeful incompetence. But uh, impact and stickers on the title belts. The impact team may have a trend, especially since Carlson at work took over, of like calling their pay-per-views that aren't Slam Wrestler or Glory, like after, like we purposely titling them like. Hard to kill. Yeah. When Tesla, that, and they've even called themselves Hard to Kill in their Twitter bio. Yeah. Uh, right here we had the first proper preview under their leadership was uh, called Redemption. Mm. And that and was, remember, it's a really class preview. If you guys haven't checked it out, check it out. I rec- I highly recommend it. I remember being so into it at the time because yeah. of some things that had happened before then that I wanted to see that I'll talk about. But I remember that preview finally being a moment where people were like, hmm. Maybe this new this is finally a creative team that's actually behind Impact and it's the, it's the roster is solid and everything. You had uh, uh, going into it around about WrestleMania weekend, the main event of uh, Redemption. Also, sorry, she mentioned the thing of planned main events I was about to talk about. Do you know what the planned main event of Impact of Bramble Glory 2017 was before it was t- changed to uh, Eli Drake versus uh, Johnny Impact? What was it? Originally it was planned to be uh, Del Rio defending his title against Jeff Jarrett. Wow. So we're kind of... It's very fortunate that things happened the way they did so we didn't have to see that. Well, Jeff Jarrett probably winning the belt of his own company. I don't know. And doing events. Probably. Probably doing events. But the plan may event of redemption was going to be uh, Alberto versus Austin Aries. So then WrestleMania weekend 2018 in New Orleans, they do a they did this press conference, like, and then they did kind of an angle, oh, like, pull apart thing, and then yeah. you have Del Rio basically threatening Aries, Aries and basically promising that he's going to beat him up at the pay-per-view, and then he goes in his car and drives away. Mm. Like, an hour, only a few hours later, that same day, Impact was doing a show with Lucha Underground, like, basically Impact v Lucha Underground, how it was saying. And uh, I'll, talk, I'll come back to that show for a cool moment uh, from that later on. But the planned main event was Pentagon Jr., Teaming with Del Rio against Phoenix and Austin Aries. Right. Del Rio no showed. Oh, Del Rio no showed the show, and so the main event was changed to a triple threat match with Aries versus Phoenix and Pentagon. Mm. The crowd loudly at the start of the match chanted "Fuck Del Rio," <laughs> and then they had the match. Triple threat match. Pentagon won the match, and then within a, within twenty four hours, Impact officially announced uh, that Del Rio had been fired. Mm. Which is rightfully so, and then uh, a WrestleCon show. I think it was the very next day. Aries after his match got on the mic and said, "All right then, how about we do that triple threat again, uh, Redemption? But let's do it for the world title." Mm. So they planned quickly worked out an even better main event because apparently Phoenix and Pentagon were scheduled to have a one-on-one match at Redemption, yeah. and then then moved from there up into the main event. And surprisingly, Pentagon actually won the title. Wow. And then they did a two nights of tapings. And on the second night, P- 
Pentagon lost the belt back to Aries, but across the day, he's at least got a couple of title defenses and even one against Eli Drake. Mm. So even though it's technically classed as a two-day reign on TV, it looked like a decent length of reign. And Aries even did a thing on the first impact after Redemption where he gathered all the roster together and like, I know you're all concerned about me losing my championship, mm. but like, I'm still the grand champion, I'm still the most important champion here, I'm still your leader and all that, and <laughs> the roster was all looking like, what is he on about? Also, I should say, Redemption is the same pay-per-view where the the tag team titles were lost by LAX to the team of Eli Drake, who had a feaster-fired case with a tag title opportunity, yeah. and he was teasing, I've got a mystery partner, I've got a multiple-time tag team champion as my partner. <laughs> it was Scott Steiner, again. Wow. Steiner, and Scott Steiner and Eli Drake won the titles, lost them at the tape into, I think it was DJZ and Andrew Everett, who then lost them shortly after a different tape into LAX. <laughs> and honestly, Steiner, I'm pretty sure Steiner, they won because Steiner locked in Steiner recliner, with who, which the older he's gotten, the less effect it looked like had. By this point, he was just like, kind of, just sitting on him, barely even, yeah. barely even pulling back on him, or I think it was like Ortiz or trying to sell it as if it was a killer, killer yeah, of a move. Yeah. So fair do to Ortiz. I feel bad for a guy that's always, the guys take those moves that are badly put on or badly executed because you see them and like you say, pulling back or leaning back, trying to make it look as if we're in pain. The guys, like you say, it's kind of like watching Cena the last time he did an STF. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, he's in there and he's, go, he's going at it. He's barely got his arms around the guy's head and he's going, tap, tap, tap. And you're like, but you're not giving him anything to tap to, John. Come on. <laughs> also, they brought in Sue Young. She came in here and she yeah. had to run the undead braid. She was a very much a dominant, like, knockouts champion. Yeah. Sue Young rules. I'm pretty sure, from what I remember, they did the whole thing where basically she basically got wrote Ali out of the company by basically on Kayfabe murdering her <laughs> or just taking her soul or some sort. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't keep up with that storyline. They did the whole demon bunny thing alongside Rosemary and that. Yeah. Everything. Also, a, kind of th- a storyline that kind of got a lot, I think, was accidental that they turned into an angle because there was some controversy about it. Go on. They had uh, an angle between Sammy Callahan and Eddie Edwards, where Eddie Edwards was maybe beat up by Sammy Callahan, and Sammy Callahan put a chair above Eddie and maybe hit it with a baseball bat. But kind of, there was an accident where it kind of almost missed the chair, or at least it bounced, and the baseball killed Eddie in the eye. Yeah. And it fucked up Eddie's like orbital bone in that, and like, it, was, it was an accident. But the club gets shared around, and every a lot of people were there were some people giving shit to Sam McCallum, calling him unsafe, <sighs> and shit like that. And people were really shitting on, and they turned it to an angle where Callahan didn't like acknowledge like that was an accident, and then like Eddie Edwards brought out a shirt, uh, saying like you're gonna need a bigger bat. <laughs> and then, so then Callahan brought a shirt out said, uh, I broke Eddie's face. And there were some people saying, who clearly hadn't seen that Eddie had also wrote his shirt hitting up Sam Callahan saying like, oh God, you should be giving Eddie a cut of the, the money you make from that t-shirt. And he's like, no, if he can release the t-shirt, I'm going to release a t-shirt and it's my fucking money. Yeah. That's when he truly started becoming like the draw, Sammy Callahan. And we saw the transition from Eddie Edwards to, from the straight up goody, good guy, babyface wrestler to more of the Eddie Edwards we see now on Impact. Yeah, yeah. More of a, a brawler, kind of. Who's become obsessed with carrying a kendo the, stick. The Bostonian, man. Yeah, uh, the mm. kendo stick that he, calls, he carries around called, that he calls Kenny. <laughs> Kenny the kendo stick. Kenny the kendo stick. So, 
have you have him going around. He's become obsessed with beating Sammy Callahan. It seems to ever turn he's thwarted. Like they had that match at that Lucha Underground Impact show where he and Lucha Underground Sammy plays a character called Jeremiah Crane. So yeah. they announced the match for uh, Impact versus Lucha Underground show. So Sammy Callahan says like Eddie, it's not me you're fighting at the show. It's, mm. it's Jeremiah Crane. They did the kind of dissolve effect where mm. he started looking when he said he and he was now dressed more like he's Lucha Underground character. Yeah, and then that match, I think he won there as well. They even had a a match where, well, not a match, but they had a fight in the woods where where it looked like kind of a precursor to the cinematic matches we see today. Yeah. And basically Tommy Dreamer and Eddie Edwards' wife came to, came into that match where basically they prevented Eddie from mur- legit murdering Sammy Callahan, <laughs> which then led to kind of basically Eddie and his wife, their relationship was kind of fractured because of Eddie's obsession. And then Tommy Dreamer tries to help him and then Eddie kind of beats the shit out of him which then leads to a match at Redemption I think it was where I think it was either Redemption or Slammiversary where Eddie Edwards beat the hell out of uh, Eddie Edwards and Tommy Dewar had a match Eddie Edwards won and then basically ended up like right shake hands let's just move on from this yeah all done you lost I'm pretty sure I think it was Slammiversary because I think at Redemption it was like a multi-man tag where like Dreamer was one of Eddie's partners against OVE I think Eddie accidentally hit his his wife during the beatdown of (laughs) Sam Kilmer he was trying to like stop them that was helping like cause a rift in their relationship and that and Eddie somehow got into his head that Tommy was talking Tommy was talking to and then Eddie somehow got into his head that like are you sleeping with my wife Tommy (laughs) and then Tommy made me a problem like you think I'm sleeping with your wife Fucking look at me, man. <laughs> so at least Tommy Dreamer knows that he's fat. <laughs> he's not too fat. He's only a little fat. You, you, you've in the past mocked him for being fat. I have, but that's because I'm mean. Yes, you are. Yeah. You are a mean person. Feel shame for, for criticising poor Tommy Dreamer. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> what, what nonsense you talk. <laughs> Funny. I I I can't not be mean. It's not in my nature. Especially when I'm you know, being critical. Mm-hmm. But so that kinda helps kinda take uh Kyle and kinda rode that heat that he got from injuring Eddie Edwards and kinda used that to kinda catapult him a little bit. He really did. And there he went into a feud with Pentagon and they had a like a, a Mexican no, they had a mass versus hair match. <laughs> Uh, uh, Slammiversary which is very brutal and uh, Pentagon won so Sammy had to shave his head but then he was he thought everyone was making fun of him yeah, I, so think, that's I like, think after we've done today's show you're going to have to send me links to a few matches yeah he uh, properly beat some guy random guy didn't he thought he was making fun of him and yeah. they shaved his head he forced like Jake Christ or one of the Chris brothers to shave their heads and he had kind of a show of loyalty yeah Kind of, kind of like the straight edge society. Okay, and then that led to another match between the two. It was a, a Mexican death match where they had these piñatas around the ring that were secretly filled with weapons. One of them had a staple gun in it. One of them had thumbtacks in it. So they are taking something that might be seen racist, making it acceptable because they're being used as weapons. Yeah. Kind of. That's kind of like Sammy's staple, isn't it? To you. What, using, what, using kind of racist things as weapons? No, um, excuse the pun, but Sammy's staple to use a staple gun. A, a staple gun, gun yeah. Ah, I get you now, I get you. There you go, see that wasn't mean, that was witty. But then I, I mentioned in the past before about Slammiversary being, feeling like a more important <laughs> show than than Better for Gloria, and 2018 was one of the main reasons why, 
because 2018 he had redemption. Everyone yeah. who saw it was was very uh, high. Very praise. impressed. And then they did a uh, slam anniversary, and like yeah, Impact had loyal fans even in their shit teams, but they weren't always very vocal. No. I can't remember where they went for Slamiversary. I think they may be in Canada again. Yeah. But then they go to Slamiversary and the crowd are loudly, audibly yelled, chanting like Impact Wrestling during yeah, the show. Yeah, And that was again another one that people like, oh, it's not just a one-off Impact properly. Like, I think they had a, a really good like four-way which included Joy Impact, Pete Williams, Taiji Ishimori, you know, in the Bullet Club in Japan. Yeah. And uh, there was a fourth guy. I think it was, I can't remember who the fourth person that <laughs> imagine, but it was a big like, high-flying four-way I think that was the show where, where Brian Cage kill murdered Matt Seidel when the X Division title. Killed murdered. He killed murdered him, yes. Right, he killed him. He didn't just kill him, he killed him and murdered him. He murdered him, he just dropped down his head with the drug and just, you're dead. MDK from Demolition and murder, death, kill. <laughs> the, then Moose, shortly after Slammiversary, where he lost in an Impact title match to uh, Air, he soon then turned heel turning on Eddie Edwards and then officially joining as kind of a heel working alongside Austin Aries. Yeah. And they had this little mini group faction. I don't think it ever had a name, but it was but it was Eddie's, Miss, and uh, Killer Cross. All right. Because Killer Cross, he debuted in a kind of unique way. There were people being laid out backstage yeah. and there was this little little thing being left with a cross on it <laughs> by the boy. And then weirdly, accusations started getting thrown at Petey Williams. I think because it made to look like he was, and then one point where they thought it was him, they had this guy versus a security officer <laughs> or a security guard, or whatever, take him away. Yeah. And then as soon as he was away from everybody else, the security guy attacked Peter Williams and revealed himself to be Killer Cross, revealed himself to be the guy yeah. behind it all. So he basically had Moose kind of there, kind of kind of similar to the presentation that he has now, where he thinks so highly of himself. Like he was wearing these weird shirts and sunglasses all the time. Like yeah, he, like, he like, does that. Like he was like a, a football player who's suddenly take who's suddenly happy that he's got all this money. Yeah. And then you have Aries the champion with the belt and then kinda of crosses almost the enforcer of the group. Mm. And he had this little mini faction then Aries would hold the belt right up until uh, Brown for Glory, where he lose to Johnny Impact and things kinda of got quickly personal between the two. Where uh, Aries would uh, would throw jokes at Johnny uh, Impact and actually make criticism making fat jokes about Taya. Really? And then he... I don't think that's wise. Taya would kill him. And then they threw jokes back at him about him being shorter, but he took those very personally. And then they had a finish where allegedly it was maybe a a work, but then made to look like a shoot, but then nothing came of it. Because, like, Johnny Impact hits kind of Starship Pain or whatever he was calling it then, and hits and beats uh, Austin Aries. Austin Aries gets immediately back up after the pinfall. Mm. And kind of just looks so angry over at the commentary where Don Gallus is in, and then you have Johnny Impact looking in like, "What the fuck are you doing? Like, why are you no selling?" And it was, I think it was meant to look like a shoot, but it was actually a work. But then yeah. shortly after that, you never. I think it was the last time you saw Aries in the company again because I think Aries is uh, attitude problems. Yeah, kind of got in his way yet again. He does. He does. In reality, think quite highly of himself, doesn't he? Yes. Yes, he does. Yeah. Ego almost as big as his chin. <laughs> what is good in the, in 2018 and 2019 is they started really... The knockouts division, the tag division started to become more diverse. You had the yeah. Butcher Brothers, you had OVE, you had LAX. Then you the North came in and then eventually the Deaners and people like that. Falaba yeah. and that. I love Falaba. 
And then you, you had Susie, you had well, you had Stu Young who then became Susie, you had Tessa Blanchard going on a dominant run as the champion. Yeah. Madison Rain made a return around that time. And eventually Tessa would lose the impact title to Taya Valkyrie that would not only set up Taya to go on her long reign and record breaking reign with the belt, but it also set up Tessa to eventually have that feud with with Sammy. Yeah. Which led to her main eventing uh Slammiversary with him. Well let's not forget how, how that feud came about with Sammy having that great cage match with Brian Cage. No, that was no no it started before then but it reunited ah. the feud. Right. Because right. they had the match celebrity and then they had a match to kinda of determine the number one contender yeah, for Brian Cage, yeah. which Sammy won and then Slammiversary remember she was in that ladder match. Yeah the X Division Division belt. I mean you were we were at the time where she thought, wouldn't it be cool if she actually won the X Division yeah. Title. Yeah. When we were talking about it at the time we were actually wanted to see it happen, then Jake no Ace Austin won the yeah, Ace Austin won that one. Ace Austin won the title. Like I say, I, I was quite sad with uh what eventually happened with Tessa Blanchard because it, like I was like you at the time, I I thought she was good. You know, I thought she was deserving of her position and doing great, but she we all know how it ended up, you know. Yeah, but at the same, she seemed like a landmark, like, signing for them. She seemed like a yeah. figurehead for a long time. Yeah. And then Dusty had uh, Ryan Cage, and the first ever impact on Axis loses in a cage match to Sammy. And then what Tessa comes out right afterwards, and Sammy would always compl- would complain if you'd build up to Heartache Hill, like, that bitch, you couldn't even wait, she ruined my moment. <laughs> that was my moment. Yeah. Well, come on, that, that sort of diving pile driver thing he did to Brian Cage. I off at like, the top. That so cool. I know, weirdly, Johnny Empire went from the face and his feud with, uh, his, his feud with, Aries to then soon after he entire turned heel together. They called himself the mayor of Slamtown. Yeah. And then eventually losing to, uh, Brian Cage, who then spent most of his tail reign suffering injuries. He would retain against the likes of Michael Elgin and, uh, yeah. I think he fought Rhino at one point as well, and then also the Sammy Callahan thing happened, and we talked about the time where Callahan interrupted the wedding, Ryan Cage's wedding, accidentally hit his wife with a ball, and like, it's not my fault, you ducked, I was going for you, I didn't mean <laughs> to hit your wife in the head. <laughs> Which is a, a weird defence. Yeah. And, and also, you're just... <laughs> I, was like, I, was, I was trying to hit you, not your woman. <laughs> so then you had... The North in twenty nineteen they won the tag team title shortly before Slammiversary and that began their their record breaking reign as well. Yeah, and I'm trying to think is there anything else we can talk about before basically because we're coming into current day impact. Oh, uh, Eli Drake uh, a while back on his uh, he did this little show for the NWA YouTube channel where he was a uh, he talked very candidly about his exit from uh, from Impact. Yeah, and uh, kind of how. Like, apparently there was a show Mania weekend, I think it was Tessa Blanchard, I think she fought Brian Cage, maybe? Yeah. But I think initially she was meant to fight Eli Drake. Uh-huh. And Eli Drake isn't necessarily a fan of intergender wrestling. Is and, he not? And he, he says he has no issue with people who do like it, but it's just not his thing, he doesn't really want to be, so like he didn't feel like he should be a part of something he didn't fully believe in, because that would be very hypocritical of him. I think, I think at least he's coming out and he's, st- he's not... Saying anything negative, he just said personally, it's just not my thing. Because, like, he's the one saw, like, they were promoting a match between Killer Cross and Jordan Grace, and he said, like, and he got shot on Twitter for said, like, if you wanted to keep this believable, then Killer Cross should, by all rights, basically walk in in a few minutes, basically kill Jordan Grace. Like, you see, that I disagree with, though, because there's some women wrestlers who could quite royally fuck you up. 
Yeah, I think Jordan Grace yeah. is definitely one of them. But yeah, I I would have thought about a Jordan Grace Killer Cross match would have been fairly even if anything else. Yeah, I'd say so. I mean, I don't I don't I don't mean to sound all Mister Righteous here and all that. Of you course, know, but yeah. I think there's a lot of people, even wrestlers still at this day, who have a lot less respect for the women wrestlers than they should have. That's not, yeah. I think it's a case of, well, we have respect for you, but not as long as you're fighting other women, not if you're fighting yeah, men. Yeah, well, that's, that's a false respect. Yeah. That, you know? I think even people like fucking Seth Rollins have came out and said, though, it's not believable. But then I remember that was the time we streamed with Brock Lesnar and people all were getting him like, but so it's not believable that a guy your size should be able to beat someone Brock Lesnar's size? Yeah. Like, if all, in all believability, Brock Lesnar should be able to fucking murder you. And really, Seth Rollins really should just not talk. No. I in Lan- general. And Storm, I think, is another person who is not really any... Yeah. At least as far as I can remember. I, bunch, I, could, I could be wrong. A bunch of weird, sexist old dinosaurs who have no idea how wrestling should progress. <laughs> so, like, the thing with Eli, like, obviously, he feels like, well, if I don't believe in intergender wrestling, I shouldn't be a part of an intergender wrestling match. It's just hypocritical. Yeah. So, he basically says, I'm not doing it. He's very stern with impact about it. And then he says he had an issue at the time where... I think he said he had respect for Scott Demore, but not for Don Callis. And he had, but he had an issue with Impact at the time because like it was some issue they had when he was briefly a part of the performance center. Yeah. And then he said like I don't like people having issues with me, but not coming to me about it. Because then he would hear in second hand that people and like management were unhappy with him not doing the Seth Blanchard match. Yeah. So then I angered him like, well, why didn't the fuck didn't they come to me? Why am I hearing this second third hand? Mm. And like he was planning on leaving when his contract was up, and then like just a few, like less than a, just over a month to go before his contract was up, he basically got an announcement got put out on Twitter. Oh yeah, Eli Drake's been released from his contract. Hmm. And that went up at like seven a.m. on Twitter, and he also got an email at that same time. And he goes on Twitter when he goes up and sees that it's on thing, and he phones somebody in the office like, "Oh, he sent me an email. Yeah, at seven a.m. I wasn't fucking up. <laughs> how am I gonna wait? How am I waking up?" And seeing that on Twitter that I've been let go when I've got like forty days left on my on my contract mm. and I was leaving anyway, and because like he just like yeah they all the story uh, Steve Austin got fired over the phone or by FedEx like I'd I'd have taken that over this he says <laughs> so, you know you like Drake I think it was just best that he left because like, before then it was clear he wasn't getting another world title run. so they clearly didn't know what to do with Eli yeah so he rightfully left and then went to the to the NWA, where when a tag gold with uh, with uh, James Storm, yeah, and what happened at one point, uh, Bound for Glory 2018, he was doing these open challenges, and he threw out an open challenge at Bound for Glory, and James Ellsworth answered it. Yeah. But then he like, like I said, I wanted someone from New York. You're not from New York, yeah, no, but I did used to date this girl from Staten Island. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to Carmel, and then he basically squashes Ellsworth, and then Abyss came out to beat him up. Oh well, that's what happened. I remember feeling bad for Ellsworth when I first heard he got released and then he did this Talk of Jericho interview. I actually heard him and the other suggestions that he had for the coming, the stuff that he could, he could do that would make him useful. Yeah. And you actually think he could have done a lot. And I thought, oh, I feel bad for him. And then he came back in 2018 and I thought, yeah, I don't feel so bad for you anymore. <laughs> and then he got found out to be a bit of a wronging as well. Ah, oh, Ellsworth so, was a bit of a wronging? Well, he was messaging a girl who was technically a minor. For God's sake. I don't want to get into the fellowship, but he's... Chinless wee dirty. He got... Also, 
he had a weird indie run in between WWE run because he he did a weird feud and then teaming with Gilbert on the indies for a while. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't he win some intergender title I as think well? He, I think he created one. That was it. And he would and then would defend it. Basically trying to be fucking Andy Kaufman then. Basically, <laughs> aye. Anyway, moving on from uh, from Ellsworth. Uh, so, like, the last couple of years, like, 20, uh, when, you, when you get through 2018, you come to, like, 2019 onwards, at least the midpoint of it, it's very difficult to really talk about because, one, we've talked about, about it a lot yeah. on here because you are a fan and you would often bring it up, stuff that was happening. And also because, well, partly because it's not shit. From that no, point it's on, not fucking shit. It's because like twenty seventeen, we talked a lot about. We can talk a lot about the shit periods, but half the time, we, when something's good, it's hard to say anything other than that was good. Aye. and that's weirdly that's why so many podcasts do well when they're criticizing stuff because you can get more entertaining content out of yeah, criticizing something than you can from praising it. It's easy to rip the piss, but you know what? Fun for too. Me, it, for <laughs> me, it's so easy to praise impact. Sorry, just I mean, think of a bit from Ed Simpson's. It's very. It's easy to criticize. Fun, fun too. too. <laughs> it's no, easy. It's easy to criticize Global Force Wrestling. Fun too. <laughs> I find myself criticizing WWE more than I ever criticize Impact now. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm looking through looking through Impact tinted glasses. You know what I mean? But potentially, yeah. But they ain't WWE tinted. <laughs> Maybe a little bit of fiend tint in there. You know, but. So I think everybody knows what happened. You know, Tessa won the belt. The controversy surrounding her, her being a bully and a potentially a racist. A, a, a racist, bully, skanky, I'm going to hang a bit of swimming pool in my scants and no bring the belt back. I hear Which... you're a racist now, Tessa. <laughs> what is the impact's philosophy on the racism? <laughs> I'm not a racist! No, Mrs Doyle, he's not a racist. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a fascist. I'm a priest. Fascists dress up in black and tell people what to do. A priest. Uh, <laughs> uh, Father Ted. I love Father Ted. So do I. Uh, but Adugo, these are very small. Those cows are far away. Small. Very small. Far Far away. away. <laughs> <laughs> ah. I think given the fact that we so tra- quickly transitioned into Father Ted shows that we don't have much else to talk about. Nah. Him, but we can't, we can't criticise, we can only praise. We've, we've come to the end of the road, I believe. We're here, yeah. we're all cut up to impact. But I think the only thing that's left is to make the announcement, Paul. The announcement of a new impact recap monthly show yes. that we and you are going to be a part of. Yes, we are. You see, the thing is, we've already recorded a, a little pilot episode. We have. That mainly covers all stuff leading up to emergence and not much that's happened afterwards, even though it was released after the most recent episode of Impact. And I will say, regardless in what format that little show comes, mm-hmm. we will bring it to you. Basically, it's either going to be an extra like month bonus show on our feed, but actually there's a chance that we actually you won't be hearing that show on this feed. You'll be hearing it somewhere else. We're just kind of... Somewhere far away. Far away. <laughs> this podcast is small. The one over there is far away. away. But you may be hearing it on another podcasting feed. We're just kind of waiting for, for word at this at this time. We're, wait, we're waiting for them to say, okay, after we go, go on, like it. 
We'll just say we've got some stuff in the works. We do. We have and, our, and it, social media, I think, is the best way to hold look out for the potential announcement regarding this. Yes. And that social media would be at SP Rambling or podcast feed or facebook.com for slash Rambling Podcast. Or you might see me sharing something at Scott McLeod 1996. Yes. But, Paul. We'll go old school and send a stamped addressed envelope. <laughs> they don't know our address. Oh, no. They know where I live. Oh, shit. Well, <laughs> it's all fun and games. We've had a lot of fun today. We have. But, ne- but next week, we may have fun. We may not. We will have fun. Because, there will be vodka. Because we have our punishment next week. Where Next week, we'll be talking about ten matches. Where that we have been given on a list of Nathan's favourite matches. And we have to be not but positive. We must be entirely positive. But know what helps you be positive? A lot of booze. Yes. Are we allowed to go if something, for example, is awful? Are we allowed to say, wow, that was fantastically shit. <laughs> Hooray. Maybe if he say it's so shit that it becomes good again, maybe maybe that's acceptable. I, I'm working on the guidelines in regards yeah. to that. But you know what? I think it'll be a hell of a podcast. It will be. But, like, the, be first, most... but the first punishment we've done... Was the worst. Nothing can top it. It can't never. It can never be as bad. Which as was that, that first one? That Heroes show that must not be named. Oh. That show must not be named. Oh, that show. <laughs> that commentator had no idea what in the name of fuck he was talking about. I'm sorry. Are we still talking about impact. No, <laughs> no, joking. we're not talking about Josh. I, I, I was actually joking about Madison Rain, but okay. Oh, cool, cool, <laughs> cool. Didn't, uh, it didn't work, I grant you. It no, didn't work. I think you said it and I gave you a stare. I was like, why are you saying it like that? Why? I was I was by merely taking the piss. Take it back! Right, I take it back, I take it back. <laughs> I'll make you hang out with Rohit. I don't want to hang out with Rohit. What about Raju? <laughs> he, look, he, he has crazy eyes. He looks at me funny. <laughs> I'll make you hang out with Johnny Swinger. I don't want to be an Izark. Right. <laughs> Don't you want to be? Ah, oh, yeah, but don't you want to be his his, his boy, as he says? He wants crazy I Steve. Want, to I, do, be. I do not want to be his anything. Thank you very much. And wear a, a leopard print toga like he was wearing on Wrestle House the other week. Oh, no, thank you. But Paul, I think I know I can do a nice, finally well-rounded retrospective. It took us four parts to get here, but we finally have come to the end of the road. We have in regards to that. But we'll be covering everything going forward to that. But on that show, I should mention the title of that show. Should I mention what it's going to be called? I think you should mention it. It's going to be called Making an Impact. Yeah. I know it's the most creative name in the world. I I, I thought of it the other one time. I thought, take the rest of the day off, Scott. You've you've nailed it. Do you know what, Scott? I would have to say you have nailed it because simple what it may be, it's very <sighs> impactful. <laughs> I see what you did. So do I. I was, I'm hoping that. I'm once so we, sorry. I'm hoping that once we've done the punishment next week, we can then move forward in the next couple of weeks to doing more retrospectives about other things, and hopefully moving back to getting the uh, the in your house series kicked off again. Yes, because we are now up to number four, and we've got a lot to cover. Yes, not just on that show, but just a lot of in your houses. To cover. And also, next time we're on, once I have been to the post office to retrieve my goddamn parcel. Even though I left a little note on my door. 
<laughs> saying to the postman, please leave my parcel, I know it will be too big for a letterbox, there's a box for you to put it in, next to the door. He left me one of those little red cards. We call it 9.10am, it's just now the parcel which you were not in. I, I got in and I found a little red card and I thought, bastard, I'm having to go to the post office. Oh, who's done that to you? No me, because I'm no in. No, I was in bloody Clyde Bank. <laughs> anyway, Pish, so it was. But Paul, you're good to say we must, I think we must leave the people and let them know that all those social media platforms that we mentioned, you'll find the links to the Android podcast and sites that we are available on. Yes. Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, Podbean, Google Podcasts, all of them. Podbean. Ha-ha. And we have... We've come. To, we've finished. Yeah, history of Impact Wrestling. What else? What else will we be doing retrospectives on in the future? Who we can? We can only speculate Kilberg. for now. No. <laughs> God no. <laughs> but until next time, where we'll be definitely happy because of the matches we're talking about, not because of the amount of booze. No. We'll just bid you adieu. Adieu. <laughs>